Friday afternoon deploy talks burritos and water parks and wonders if augmenting our reality with $3,500 goggles will make it any better. I mean, here we are. Yeah, we're here. <laughs> we're here. We made it. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody got pulled over. <laughs> <laughs> to make this easy, I just want to ask, what do you guys think about the Apple goggles? No, not they're not called goggles, but what do you guys think? Did you guys see the haven't headlines? I haven't seen them. I've I, heard I've, I've heard tales. Them. Yeah. Okay. We'll give us a... But this, this was my warm-up question because I just was thinking about like... I'll give you a summary. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Tell, tell us what four, it is, what four, you think. 4K pixel, yep. each eye. Mm-hmm. Goggles you throw on your face. Mixed reality environment. I got nauseous as you were describing I it. know. $3,500 price tag, because yep. it's, a, it's a pro product coming yep. out first generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Early yeah. next year. We'll see. I don't know. Did you watch? Did you watch? I I have optimism around people that do mixed reality and augmented reality. Right. I have zero optimism on virtual reality. I don't right. think that's going to pan out. That mm. will never pan out, in my okay. opinion. I but, think if you can look at the world and enhance it with more information as it is today, yes, I, I think, think there is room for that. I, I do. But not didn't you watch Lawnmower Man? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I was thinking of Terminator myself because he's got the HUD display and all oh, that. That's the see, AR world see, I'm imagining. The, yeah, but, the, yeah, you're but right. Yeah, no, <laughs> a lot more, man. Yeah. I, and virtuosity, I watched that a while back and was like, holy crap! Like that was virtuosity pretty advanced. was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Or, um, or Black Mirror with the eye contacts. That I never saw. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I have oh not seen a God. single Black Mirror yeah, episode. Woo! That's scary. Yeah, um, is it, yeah. But, uh, but oh. like few of them that are like quite scary. Yeah, like, in in a deeply psychological way. Speaking of scary ones and some level of, I don't know, not even mixed reality, but contacts that can record. Did you guys watch wow. the Robin Williams one? Uh, Final Cut or the Cutter oh, or yeah. something like that? Yeah, yeah. Ugh, that one was intense yeah and at the time i was like there's no way because it takes too much time and there's no way that you could it it, the the premise is right is that you can have a contact installed when you're in your eyes when you're born or something and it records every second of your life yeah and then they there's these like uh elite jobs that have to to wade through and cut everything out that no one is allowed to see, right? So you have to have a very, a very secure environment for them to review it. Oh my god! And cut, and then only keep great. the great, oh. the great moments, right? So he learns about all these people's lives, right? Mm. Oh, it man. is that's deep. It, yeah, it's a that's weird. That's Robin Williams. What year? It was him doing. It a, was you know, like yeah, that was the. 
right, it's towards the end, right? Yeah. Uh, oh my God! It really? Was, I mean, not not, uh, not. It was. There was a few there. I, I guess. I, mean, I want to say early two thousand. You say Robin Williams and Deep and like instantly, what dreams may come? Like right. that's the first yeah. one that comes to mind to me of like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. Hold on a minute. Yeah, yeah. This is this is after that. <laughs> and, and to be fair, like I feel like early two thousands was yesterday. So okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that you, you're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, it was. One hour, f- no, that was one hour photo. Was another creepy one. Yes. I was gonna yeah. say one yeah. that. Now that's what I thought you were talking yeah, about. Yeah. Was one hour photo. Um, gotcha. But no, clearly not. That's not one hour photo. That's another part no, of no, one no, hour no. photo. No, that's yeah, very different. Not exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's much longer. That's, that's whole he, life video. That's yeah. not one hour photo. <laughs> Did these these really intense movies, right? I think. And speaking of dreams, what dreams may come? I think it's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorites. That's like in top Whew. ten favorite movies. That's a good one. All real, of, real all Dante's my... Inferno inspired kind of movie. Mm-hmm. It's just so human. Oh my mm-hmm. god! Mm-hmm. Wild to me. Um, I didn't notice this until I. Brianna and I got married a couple years ago, three years ago. We just gotten to the point in our lives where things are settled enough that we can actually watch some Something media like together. <laughs> so we've started watching movies, and I'm like, "Well, these are my favorites." And I listed, you know, all of my. And she's like, "More than fifty percent of those are death at the end, Joseph. Yeah, like all of your favorite <laughs> movies are death at the end." I'm like, "Oh," she's like, "They're all sad. They're all death. I can't watch them. I can't do this." And I'm just like, "Oh, you're right." I'm sorry, I didn't realize that, but yeah, what dreams may come is one of them. It's so, I just think it's excellent, excellent, excellent. Yeah, okay. I saw that in the theater back in the day. I'm fi- oh, I'm, God, it, it is. Really? It's called the mm-hmm. final cut. It's called okay. that final, right. the final cut, and it was 2004. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, well, heck, it wasn't too much longer, and he came out with the movie as the president then, probably did. Yeah, he? Man of the Year is yeah. that the yeah yeah. I didn't. I haven't seen that one. I remember that one. But that was funny. What I remember about that was that there's no way we'll ever be able to store right that right. much data <laughs> exactly <laughs> that clearly and meanwhile axon wow. is recording police officers video for entire 8 hour shifts for multiple yes months exactly. and retaining all of it for yes. legal requirements which yeah. i th- i just was certain that I, that would never make it to the consumer market. It's just no way. It's just way too everything. And I was wrong. I'm very, yeah. very, very, very wrong. That's so. what I felt about like Star Trek transporters. Mm. That like I'm thinking like, oh, this, you know, because you would have to store in a buffer the entire DNA code for a human being to be yeah. able to reassemble them yeah. out the emitter on the other side. And so, yeah. Is a human being just their information content? <laughs> uh, well, now, now we're into philosophical All territory. Right. Yeah. Now we're having fun. Yeah. Now, now we can talk bioethics here. here we go. So, fun. okay, so the goggles. <laughs> Back to the goggles, <laughs> which was this whole thing, yeah. augmented reality. I get headaches at the movie theater. I know. So. When you put the how, how 3D goggles? Or, Okay. Are you saying no, with just, the, just in general? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I just got too old to go to the movies. I haven't been to a movie <laughs> in years now. That, but also I I have a 4K TV and a sound system at home. I had to remind right. myself the other day that I was like, I mean, why would I go anywhere? That's why I bought this thing one yeah. time. Right. <laughs> this is why I invested in <laughs> yeah. this at one point in a home theater. And system. it's improved. I'll say that. Like the theater experience is good. Like yeah. I, most theaters I've gone to, they're not the conventional seating that mm-hmm. was there when I was growing up. I have to have and the lay down reclining yeah, thing, or I ain't going got now. That now. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's gotten better, but it's still like yeah, yeah. I can make popcorn at home. Yeah, I yeah. can wait six months and see that film. I'm good. Yeah, I don't even have to now. 
You can yeah. pay you can pay twenty bucks and see it before theaters. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So. Have you done the three D experience, Cody? In I, the theater? I can't. Can't. Mm-mm. I as in can't as in you have a moral obligation not no, to like, do so. No, like I tried or? like when Avatar came out. Oh, the very like, first, the first oh, Avatar. Yeah, I don't know how many the were first, now. The original Two. Avatar. Okay, I went to see that in 3D, hmm. but I can't, I can't see it. Like I've never been able to see like the the 3D posters. Yeah, it just kind of gave me a headache and it just kind of looked blurry. It's it didn't didn't really pop out. I'm really happy to hear you say that because. I thought that I was just crazy, no, and I'm no. that way. I've, I've never a, enjoyed yeah. it. The, the one time I can remember that I went most recently was to see The Hobbit in 3D, and I only did that because it was free. Uh, there was somebody that had like connections Fair. with the uh, w, uh, CNW or whatever network, and so they had like like we saw it the day before it was released in the nice. area nice. in 3D. So I wasn't going to say no to that, but... Yeah, I didn't really enjoy it though, and I didn't even think of it as 3D. I just thought of it as this is how I have to see this free movie. Right, right. And and I did, and yeah. I, Everyone's pricking, picking uh, premiere movies. Why not Shark Boy and Lava Girl in 3D? Right. That's what, uh, that's what we really uh, got to talk about. Oh. <laughs> you say the movie the theater experience got better, Evan. What? I know, but no do kidding. you do 3D? No. Uh. I, I don't know. I don't know the last time I've seen a 3D movie. Okay. Yeah. I don't okay. think I've seen one that's actually released as 3D. In a, I a went long to time. watch the new Avatar mm-hmm. one oh. and did the 3D, yeah. and also was again. I just did this. Said the same thing, which is, this is not. I don't understand what's happening and why I would put these things on my face this whole time. And yeah. then at the end was like, oh yeah, it was great. This is way better. I'm so glad we did this because of course that's what you say about all those things because you paid an extra half a million dollars to we would it. like you to fill out a survey about your movie going experience yeah, at the right. end uh so. it was great <laughs> so i don't i still don't understand 3d yeah. i don't understand though if it will be different when i put goggles on right i'm gonna yeah. keep calling goggles i'm trying to use the word goggles uh, as many times as i can because i'm sure that apple has a way sleeker name than that that they used for it i don't even remember what it was. The eye goggle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all the pun. Mm-hmm. The the thing that gets me though is like it is neat. Mm-hmm. I hope it doesn't become novelty and not actually useful. Because mm-hmm. like here's the thing: screens are really cheap, y'all. Like right. an OLED screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with like, no smart computer in it is like if surprisingly you, affordable, right? Yeah. yeah. Like there's a there's a graph that goes around of like how items are inflating over time and different classes of goods and like TV screens. I was are thinking about bottom black like, and white TVs cheap. back in the day. You I know, know. that like oh, we've had so much innovation in TV and the fact that there's been so much competition between different vendors of TVs, pricing to the consumer advantage has been massive. Right, like it. We, it's just. Consumers have never had it so good getting a TV yeah. in their life. I don't think ever. And I don't think they ever will. So th- so when you're talking about a device like that, it's like, what are you competing against? Mm. Well, if you're an off- if you're trying to target an office worker, they're sitting at a desk. Mm-hmm. They have screens in front of them. It's cheap. It right. works. Why are they going to pick the headset over the screen they already have? Yeah. Well, that's where I think that, you know, the competition is supposed to be at home for documenting this is what i've been hearing or reading about that people are excited about Hmm. is at home for documenting an augmented reality 
situation, which is why it reminded me of that movie, The yeah. Final Cut, mm-hmm. is that it, the idea was you now document something more than just a video of the birthday party. Mm-hmm. and then, An experience of the birthday party. An experience gotcha. of that birthday party, oh, wow. right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that'll, get the, that'll get the millennials on board. Well, we yep. tried that with uh, Google Glass, right? Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Didn't catch on. Didn't pan out. No. Wasn't Google Glass, though, like, you know. Too many jerks in San Francisco walking around the streets wearing it. That was the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Is that not the problem with everything? (laughs) 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 So, I guess that was my application was, what if it did actually make, and and that's, I, I don't know, but what if it actually did make my 3D experience a real 3D experience? Like, is that a plausibility? Um, and I haven't even brought up the eye thing yet. We haven't. I don't know. See, you guys don't even know about it. You guys, I'm, I've got a jack in the box that I'm. I'm guessing you've read a little bit about the eyeball thing. Yeah. So the the big thing about it is the reason that it you can interact with people outside, and when someone looks at you and it perceives that someone is looking at you, it will take your eyes and create a 3D render of the eyes and put them on the goggles. So like Cody can look at me and be like, oh, I can see Joseph's eyes and make eye contact with him through the goggles. Yeah. Yeah. I got too old. The only... (laughs) 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 Happened, I jumped the shark. (laughs) And maybe maybe this is just a symptom of how I've grown up, but like I've grown up in a time where a a phone call wasn't even a cell phone call. It was attached to the wall. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everybody mm-hmm. had their own number. It was personally identifying. Mm-hmm. Yep. Long distance was a thing. You Long had to pay extra to call someone thing. that was That's yeah right. further away. That's right. And then we passed into cell phones. Everybody had it in their pocket. Still mm-hmm. personally identifiable. Still got to talk on it. But she had the effort of actually talking to a person. Yeah. And then we got texting. I remember the first text yeah. I ever got that someone was asking me if I had some weed for sale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and so much so that like it hit like you know and and I'm in the there where just all of a sudden there are words on my telephone I'm like where did these come from what's the I mean I knew about them but right. like nobody was using it at the time right. so that's where I'm like <gasps> do you have a pager at the time no I didn't have a pager this okay. was a Motorola well I mean when you talk about selling weed I assume oh. it was done through a pager no no, that, no 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 okay. no this was if, <laughs> no this was early two thousands where um. And besides, I I didn't I never said I was selling weed. Um, <laughs> yeah, you never did, of course. <laughs> but uh, I had a it was a Molar, Motorola that like speaking of a house phone, it basically was like the phone you would pull off the wall, and I I had to wear cargo pants just to put it, Fit in. it in there. I remember that thing. <laughs> yeah, I remember like, you, that you thing. could bludgeon someone with it. You yeah. know the one I'm I know exactly. About. What yeah. You mean. yeah, yeah. It actually kind of did look like a weight, like a, yeah, you know, one of those. Like, yeah, 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 I know yeah. What you mean. yeah, exactly. So so this blue fluorescent looking screen, all of a sudden, just text shows up on there. And then I'm trying to maybe, like, I'm halfway through responding when I think I figured out who it was and then just ask them. Like, I was like, why are you texting me? Uh, you know, because back then. <laughs> T9. Yeah, you had the. Or did you have even worse? Did you no. have to scroll like a BlackBerry? and? No, it was even worse. It, no, it, it was, was the just... hold down the A button until yep. I get the third letter that I actually oh, want. No. Way back in the then day. Then go to the other like... button and hold it down until oh. I get the right letter. Yeah. It, like it, it was. Oh, yeah, that's why fun. I wasn't using it because at that point it was like, why would you wow. do, waste your time doing this? Yeah. I used to get the best drunk texts from those kind of songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You couldn't make out anything. You couldn't yeah. make out a single one of the words. <laughs> like, they thought I'm... they were pressing the stuff. They push the right button, but every letter yeah. is wrong. I'm pretty sure you didn't mean to say 
beat there, but you know, we'll go with that. Yeah. So yeah, so like I all of that involved depersonalizing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every ounce of it involved less and less of your personal identity being involved in a communication interaction. Mm-hmm. Like to the point where it's almost nameless and faceless. And the important things about that are those are things that people want to keep guarded in a conversation. Do you want to know you're actually pissed off as you're saying mm-hmm. okay to somebody? Like there's there's benefits to the depersonalization that that device has personalization built into it. That's not a benefit. Pe- the consumer has not moved that way. They don't like that. They don't necessarily even want that. Mm, right? That's interesting, yeah. The direction has never been towards like, oh, I want you to see more about me in this conversation. Right, right. Nobody wants yeah. that. I want you to see my cat eyes no. that I paid extra for to have rendered no. on my goggles. We've got people in <laughs> Google Meet with their video camera off wrong. on purpose, right? Yeah, like, yep. Well, and that's why, again, use case that I, I and and I it that seem it seems like a more marginal market share, yeah, but right is the the experiential um, you know day to day activity that they're that everyone that I've been hearing talk about it use use case in which case it does make sense, but also the coolest part of it to me is the fact that it's 3d rendering your eyes you, you know the, no it the, is an, it's it not is actually useful it's right. just amazing yeah. technology yeah. Oh, yeah. it just reminds I, me I, of I, the I, old I, 90s I, holograms I, like is yeah. what i'm imagining in yeah. my head i can't get past like i'm just imagining a 90s green hologram of my eyes in the thing you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know the one. So we need to, yeah, we the, need to the, drop the Wolverine a link. cover where he's getting his adamantium ripped out I, by Magneto was was a hologram like that. The whole reveal process, and, and this is with every Apple reveal, though, reminds me of like the greatest Onion video that was ever posted, which was <laughs> I haven't heard that in a while. No, it, it this thing is I, I love finding it on YouTube again, and I can post links. Yeah, we're going to post um, links, so. is the Mac wheel. They, mm. they 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 published a Mac laptop. They, the Onion published a Mac laptop. Debuted a Mac laptop that did not have a keyboard that had the iPod wheel, oh. and every interaction <laughs> with the laptop went through the wheel. <laughs> That's good. So T nine basically. And everybody, yeah. the, the the universal response is that Onion video by people who thought it was real was just like, "Oh, it's amazing! It's great! It's fantastic! It's That's novel!" Hilarious. And it's oh, the same man. concept. I just I find people uncritically look at Apple products and don't apply enough analysis to current consumer trends to know that like that's hype you're buying. You're not you're not buying the real case yet. Like you're you're just not there. You're too early in the cycle. Right. Mm-hmm. right. You gotta be careful. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It'll it'll get better. I, yeah. I don't I don't well and think they called it doesn't it, have a space. And they called it, it the pro, right? Yeah. With the expectation there's going to be a consumer at like $1,800. I think, right, two, exactly, years. right. Yeah, and with with the, I mean, most of the cost is the fact that, you know, you've got the huge shift by Apple to ARM processors that's happened. That's mm. been the real impetus behind a lot of the hardware developments is because they're so low power, but they're also really powerful for what you get. Um, and that's going to keep happening. And so the hardware will get better. Right. And it then just becomes a question of, all right, at what price points and what value does it start to get more uptake? And for now, it's going to be small, which good for them. 
try it. HoloLens is also small. It's very expensive. It's the same thing for Microsoft. It's a very similar experience for Microsoft. Mm. They tried to adapt into the U.S. military. They failed. People started throwing up all over the place, mm -hmm. right? Like, it's it's going to take time. It's right. Not, it's not here today. Don't, right. Don't think that. And the point that some people make is that the iPhone did the same thing. Mm -hmm. It, mm -hmm. it Slow growth. Yep. was... Yeah. And released exploded. and then it had to be developed as a cultural phenomenon before it actually exploded. <laughs> and the question is, is Apple actually innovating again in the same way? And I think the I, answer is no. I don't think they're innovating in the same way. Yeah, I mean, everybody looks at the, the development of the iPhone as a point-in-time snapshot of this breakthrough development. Wrong. Wrong. There were already mobile developers on the market developing products extremely similar and as ambitious as to, to what the iPhone was doing. Now, did the iPhone make a significant contribution? Yes. It set the bar very high yep. for what the experience was going to be, and it had a great ecosystem to pair with, with right. iPod already existing, mm. with everything that they had, all right. the momentum they already had behind mobile devices. It was cool. Now we're going to take over the phone in your pocket, too. That's incremental growth. That's usually a good strategy. Right. The glasses are not incremental growth. They're, they're a completely brand new paradigm. They're, they're going to take a huge amount of uptake. I think, And I think the conversation has, has been centered around it's the design innovation that Apple is known for. Yeah. And that's what they did that's different, yeah. which I do think is true, right? Yeah. They did wait, and that part of, that, of the innovation may be but again, I just don't think it disrupts the same way that the iPhone did, mm -mm. and that's that's my personal opinion. And it has I'm not talking data; I'm talking personal opinion here. Yeah, yeah. But I do still want it to make 3D movies better for me. So <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to, but I want it to. <laughs> Motion sickness is still real, man. You know, you fair, take your kids fair. on a car trip, you give them a book, and you say, "Hey, read a book," and then you know, 30 yep. minutes later. Oh, and they got to throw up in the corner in the back seat, right? Like, you guys over in the, the corner seat, puking right? his guts out. <laughs> same same problem, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a fundamental yeah. human limitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to get around it. Yeah, I, I almost see being more successful than that would be early on, like an actual chip integration into the brain to then, Ooh. you know, that like... BMI, Because then it's not... Oh, my God. Because then it's not an external thing, really, you're interfacing with. Like the, no. The AR is into the brain, so like... How would you tell the difference? Oh, God, it, no. The way that... No, I, um, I, I'm, I'm going to say one more thing and move along, which is, what isn't... Again, I said the technology is what's interesting, right? Is that, per my understanding of what I've read and listened to, the way that the goggles are processing is not that they are looking at so it's all hand gestures and eye movements mm -hmm. right it is not that they are looking they're not they're paying attention to your eyes and where they are physical discrete sensors yes well it's not it instead it's actually using like i i this is where i always get a little hung up i don't want to use the wrong words learn ml or ai to uh estimate guesstimate where you're going next and that's why it's so quick at being able to follow eye movements and, and things like that and so again to me it's the technology thing the fact that they're actually integrating ai into this device and 
being able to extrapolate what you're going to do. Yeah. That to me is again super fascinating and probably more more important. Again, back to the, you saying integrating a chip into the brain mm-hmm. makes me think of that as well, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what it's really trying to do is get to the part where the point to where the modeling actually simulates your expectations in your brain, right? And that that's amazing technology. And that's why they need everyone to use it so they can collect all that valuable data and that's sell right. it to the social media out there that wants to be able to know if you've got an adrenaline boost from the content that they're <laughs> showing you or not. <laughs> okay. It's a, it, I'm thinking about movies. It's the beginning of the summer. A lot of my friends have kids. They're getting their first job. And it's reminding me of... My first job was a movie theater. Oh, okay. The first one where I got paid W two like paycheck. Mm. A friend of mine uh, was was you back yes. then, and that's how we saw all the movies free. That's that's how I saw like what dreams may come and stuff. Yep. Because like the movie theaters, at least at that time, the local movie theaters don't really make any money off of the ticket sales. Correct. They make money off of the concession sales. Correct. So. Yeah. Right. That, that's all I'll say there about that. Yeah. So they <laughs> well the and. So there's lots of reasons for that, and there's lots of cool. I liked the model back in the early 2000s when I got my job doing that, and they would send physical film at the time, and you had to actually splice it together. You got many boxes of film, and you had to splice it together as a tech, and then you had to watch it the night before mm-hmm. the release to ensure that it worked. So we would stay up all night. It was the overnight shift for the movie theater. You come at like 11 p.m., run them on eight different theaters. I think eight was what Harrison had at the time. And you'd run them on all eight, and somebody would sit in each of them and watch them, right? That's when I watched a lot of movies. And that's how I got in. You know, you got them free before the the release date. So it was, you know, fun, exciting. That was my first job. I was curious. What what was first jobs? Oh, man. Uh, mine wasn't that cool, because that's one that I have thought. I even uh, steered my stepson towards that one time. Like, <laughs> I, th- I think that is a job that is only cool while you're young like that, because right. of reasons you said. You're working overnight, but you're getting to see movies before anyone else and all that, and that part of it's kind of nice. You know you know what you're going to do this weekend. Uh, my first one, let's see. Whew, if we want to do my very, very first one was... Um, <laughs> Better not be that text messaging stuff you're talking. About. No, 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 no. That's no. not on a W. No, that that was uh, that was, that was you know allegedly an ongoing thing throughout uh, many decades of yes, the yes. other things. Um, was at uh, IGA. I was a bag boy, and uh, I also worked in the meat department, which which was no fun for anyone. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Like the wrestler Mickey Rourke. <laughs> Did you see that again in my top list? Yeah, okay, seen, yeah, I can see that. I've not seen it. But I like I know Spun. It's I like I'm him in Spun. <laughs> oh, that was. Well, that I was can't watch it now if it's one of your favorites. It, it's spoiled. I know. Well, that's not <laughs> true. You know, you know what happens at the end, right? Yeah. I said fifty percent. I didn't say all of them. So you have it's a bleak, coin flip. Though. It's you know definitely, <laughs> definitely bleak though. You should watch it. Yeah. Now I want to, you haven't seen it though either, Cody. Mickey Rourke oh. went through such a transformation though, right? I Can I stop and mention that for a second? That I saw something on like Netflix or something Hulu. I was like, oh shit, yeah, that's Mickey Rourke. That's how he used to look. Yeah. 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 Well, it's because he got too much plastic surgery and then got his face punched in a bunch of times and then was like, I guess I'm still an actor because that's what people want from me. And then actually did a great job of acting. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. right. So, all right. We're, but first jobs. Uh, theme park. Yeah, that's right. Which yeah. one? 
Magic Springs. Oh, that kind of theme um, park. How's that? I I was a ride operator. <laughs> no, 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 not that that kind of theme park means anything else. Sorry, I was thinking that means water is what I assumed, but I don't know. Is no, it? no, oh, it was okay. like you know roller coasters mm-hmm. and got it. You know that kind of stuff. Um, it it was a uh, a common first job. Yeah, I guess yep. in Hot Springs, right? Mm-hmm. Having the theme park there, mm-hmm. they needed a lot of. You know, low paid labor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the ride, the ride operator gig was pretty good. You didn't really have to do a lot. Most of them were like, you just push a button. Right. Uh, I sat in silence for like the first month I worked there, and it was awful. So yeah. then I decided to come out of my shell a little bit, have some fun. I, you know, try to scare kids or get them excited. Ask them if they want to go faster, even though I have no ability to That's, make it go faster. Yes. <laughs> just pretend that it's going faster. So just like just your general social scientist testing mm-hmm. for you. What? That's how do great. kids respond to this? And does it? Do they actually believe me? Mm-hmm. It was fun. Yeah. Okay. So that yeah. Then it was okay for a while. But okay. you know, I learned a lot about crazy safety mechanisms on the rides. Uh, I had to put out a fire one time in the bumper cars. Oh. Busted out the fire extinguisher. What? Somebody drop a cigarette or something? No, there's... So they were always telling us... They they didn't really explain it, though. Like, in the training, they're like, you know, (laughs) don't let any trash or paper or anything get into the ride. Like, if it's Mm. just floating around in Mm. the bumper car area. Um, And so... They didn't tell us what would happen, but mm, the way mm. those things work is there's like an electric current in the floor that's yeah. making contact. And so like a piece of a napkin or something was underneath one of the bumper cars and it caught on fire and it was like flaming like under the seat with a kid in it. Mm. And so I had to like hit the emergency stop, tell everybody get out, fire extinguisher, all that. It was fun. But, but that was exciting, yeah. When was, you said everybody get out, it's like, like you know... Uh, cockroaches like out like that or was everybody like oh well i'm taking my, uh, how, how did yeah that go? no they were taking their sweet time mm, but okay it was you know it wasn't like that dramatic it was mm. just a little fire i mean anything that is a, ki- a fire got caught underneath a kid in a i mean that's dramatic i, I you know I, a little yeah you know that's mm. a bit terrifying and, uh, you know, spraying a fire extinguisher makes a huge mm. mess that yes, thing does. was probably shut down for like uh, two days <laughs> to clean it up. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Be able to get electrical contact again, I bet. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't have an experience with a fire extinguisher at all. I've never done that before. Mm. Has anyone else? Mm-hmm. No? So it was, oh, you have? I think no, that's the only part, time yeah. I've used a fire extinguisher. Gotcha. I, um, I, <laughs> uh, sorry, Alyssa. Uh, a few years ago, um, oh, I'm sitting in the shed and uh, I think this is during the COVID years, and I'm sitting in the shed, and it was, um, it was, it was kind of like, I, it was, it was one of our, not summer, not winter, but halfway seasons, and so it had gotten really cold all of a sudden, like, and uh, she put a heat lamp out on the chickens, and um, I'm sitting in the I shed quarters, this. and all of a sudden I hear popping, like I'm like, is that? That sounds electrical. What is that? And I sit there and I try to ignore it for a little bit. And I'm like, no, nah, I can't ignore it. And I go outside and the, her little chicken coop is like up in flames. We're, you know, it's old. This is old 
western cedar dried out oh, like i mean it just no. went dude it was like it was like toilet paper oh. uh luckily no chickens were harmed um they're okay. all like at the edge of the coop though just going like holy crap she felt <laughs> terrible because they could have been they could have been fried chicken uh and and elkins uh uh fire department came and, and assisted us but i mostly had it under control because like i'd taken the water hose over there I'm hosing it down. She comes outside with the fire extinguisher. So that's where I'm all like, oh, yeah, I've done this a time or two. You pull the pin and let her rip. And, yeah, it just makes a big white foamy yeah. mess everywhere. It's kind of like putting a five-pound bag of flour through a leaf blower. Mm-hmm. Oh. Just like yeah. white Poof. dust. Everywhere. Yeah, that's the thing. It's Yeah, it's like a powdery dust so kind of like that. my house during construction for the past year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know the I know the dust. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that yeah, about right. like but I think if dust. you actually yeah. blew flour onto a fire, it would explode. It would. <laughs> Can confirm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. flour is. What is combustible dust? And mm. what? Yeah. Know your OSHA hazards today. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Flour mills do catch on I, fire. And I didn't ask you this, Iron Alan. Catch on fire. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to ask you, Cody. Did you learn a like, a single transferable skill from? Oh, that's operating? that's great. I like. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I don't know. Mm. Okay, Alan. Uh, not from that one because I only had that job for seven hours. Oh, I, I had that job. That's why I was like my first first job because okay. like I only had three quarters of a shift out of that before they were like, now you must sweep up all the cow blood. And I was like, ah, it's a good market right now. I think I'm going to go to Hastings. Fair. And, uh, <laughs> so I went to Hastings instead and worked customer service there. Customer that's discount. A good, at yeah. least a good transferable skill there. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that I mean, yeah, ran a cash register, all that. Um, but human interaction is probably the main thing I yep, took from that. Pretty much. Yeah. Keeping yeah. yourself not so fun. Yeah. In a public yeah. facing job. Yep. Correct. Yep. I, I got to where I broke out of my shell and would do the store announcements. Yeah. That was one that I thought was scary, but the first time I did, I was just like, "That was exhilarating! I want to do them all now." You wouldn't be here without that, right? This here is I am. you're doing the same thing, but announcing it through people's devices. You know, exactly. all million of them. I can't see them wandering about like ants right now. Yeah. I had some good experiences there. Like I remember one guy coming in, and he's got his back to the whole CD department. You know, because I was in customer service, so I'm in the desk where they return stuff and come and ask dumb questions. And so, like this, this. Poor gentleman comes in. He's got his back to the whole CD department. He's like, do you guys sell them compact discs? You know, I'm like, yes, sir. They're, if you turn around there, they're all right there behind you. <laughs> <laughs> that's so very friendly. Uh, yeah, skilled, you know, skilled that's, indeed. And that's what I consider to be the skill that I kind of got from that is how do you tell people the obvious without being a complete asshole? Yeah. That takes some finesse sometimes. All right, Evan. Lifeguard. Lifeguard. Oh, nice. yeah. bum, bum. Lifeguard at a water park, too, Ooh. in particular. Not a lifeguard at a pool. So, Wow. And uh, the it was Ellis, I think, was the lifeguard company that I worked for, which in Texas is like, it sucks. They're, mm. they're awful. Like, okay. the training was really hard, actually. Um, so yeah. why is it? Are they awful because the training's really hard? I can imagine the training being really hard is a good thing because you learn I mean, more, you're supposed to save I don't know people. What, yeah, but, yeah. Like, well, the pay too, okay. not Fair. not good as well for Fair. what you're getting trained for. Right, right. But then just like, yeah, just the experience of working a water park. North Did they have a wave pool? North Houston, I lifeguarded the wave pool. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, I didn't like it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I I didn't last long. I didn't want to do it too long. 
I think I did it one summer and moved on. And then in the fall and spring, I was a sound engineer, uh, Mm. and I would do uh, sound work for the school, for Mm. any school events. That's So that was a great way to get paid. Yeah. Mm. I got paid by the school district. It was really nice. That's a very transferable skill. What about the, what about the life, lifeguard transferable skills by any, at any, uh, people are hazards to themselves. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I mean, (laughs) it's really about it. That's the only thing you learn. Lifeguarding is just like constant vigilance. Mm. I like, and I was not a great swimmer. So it wasn't that I wasn't going to save somebody, but it's there were people who were way better than me. Yeah. Who you wanted to come help you. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Like, okay. Like, I could get to the bottom of the wave pool. I didn't want to do it. Yeah. It right. was going to be a I have to do it thing for me to do to do my job. So, mm. yeah. But a water park, North Houston, mm. the worst kind of people everywhere. Just, mm. you know, parents who don't care about their kids, mm. kids floating off. Wow. Yeah. No. No oh, thanks. Yeah. That's tough. that job should not be low paid. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know I don't know that water parks are a fantastic idea in general. Yeah. I've read I hate so it. many articles. I don't about, like, like to swim at all. I have zero reason to ever be at a water water park. My my dad was a nationally competitive in college swimmer. So he taught us to swim when we were young. I love swimming. The only way I can imagine doing it is in a personal pool or my preference is actually a a nice lake or Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not an ocean person too much, too much salt. Mm -mm. No, I've I've been in the ocean like four times, I think. And like twice of them, two of them I've thrown up. I just end up swallowing too much Mm. water, which is, you know, that's on me. I keep my mouth open. That's stupid. I'm an idiot. I know, but I still end up throwing up. I, like, just, At least you know oh, yourself. You know? <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like sending the dog to the beach. You know, yeah, the, the dog's just sitting there drinking the ocean. You're like, hey, calm down. That's not the same water. Relax. You're gonna get hurt. It's got electrolytes in it. <laughs> it's what plants crave, man. It's what plants crave. So it's got what dogs crave. Yeah. That's <laughs> all right. I will say transferable skills. Of movie theater, two. I was there through three managers. Two of them were caught stealing. Hmm. They all always did the same thing. Apparently, this is like a thing at movie theaters. You double sell tickets, right? Because uh, you only have yeah. the this. I mean, this is not the way that it is anymore. I am sure. But back in the day, you had forty seats. Hmm. You know, during a matinee that you're only going to sell three of those seats. So you sell those three, but you actually only sell two of them and give the next person the half of the ticket from the other one. You just don't collect them inside. And then you take that money, you just tally that up and take that money at the end of the night. Mm. And everything is balanced according to what the computer had recorded, Mm. but everyone in the theater got to see what they Mm. wanted to see. Mm. So both of them did it. And they both got caught doing it and both got arrested while I was there. But lessons that I learned, I think, were really great because I realized that the people that were managing wanted zero actual responsibility. And the more that I did, the more valuable I was to the the manager. And so very early in my career, I realized... The, there's a lot of value in just actually producing value for the the people that run the business. Mm-hmm. And I just started going, 
everywhere I go. What makes me more valuable here to you? And let me learn that skill. And that quickly became a a, a life that. skill, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. mm-hmm. that was just because I had a really, really terrible managers that were I was going to say, stealing. yeah. The flip side of that coin is eager, eager person who wants to learn and take on more responsibility vector for exploitation. Yes, exactly right. People, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, and so you know the balanced skill there for me personally. All right, we we said we were going to talk about specifically about some monitoring and visibility. Mm-hmm. I have very little to contribute to that conversation. We were going to talk about it um, and have our DevOps person in the office, but they were unable to make it today. So I've started us out a little bit around the WWDC and the, the goggles we got. I have one other question on that, unless you guys do want to talk about observability. And I know that we recently I believe that Honeycomb is part of that whole is it or is it it's, not? It's one vendor we're working with, yeah. Right. And it's the same round of stuff. The other question I have, and kind of direction-wise, I'm really interested. I, I know you said there's not really a lot around the observability and the ML ops, mm. but I am curious why and why not. These are This is my time of the week when we do podcasts that I get to ask about these questions that I don't fully understand or understand little pieces of mm. and would like a a engineer who knows what they're doing and thinking about what you guys are thinking about, tell me why it's important the way it is. Uh, So I think we can go either of those directions or we can just keep talking about the question that I have about Apple, which is they released all these new machines. Do you guys see value in those as engineers? You're currently using an M1 or an M2? M1 Pro. (laughs) How often do you even run the fan how many how often do you even run the fans on that and you oh, use one of the most that's particular. a yeah no that's that's a great question because i left my charger up here at the office um ah. yesterday oh and so i was using uh the i've got another mac that lofty owns so we're leasing this one and uh the other one is an intel mac mm-hmm. um and it's the infamous touch bar like i actually don't like it yeah. that much but uh, the whole thing. And so here's here's the thing. Like, so I'm I'm running the pipeline, you know, Docker, Celery. Uh, and if I do it on this guy, I hardly ever hear the fans. But like instantly doing it on the older Intel Mac, whoo, it sounds like it's going to hover. And I'm even jumping into HTOP going like, why? Like nothing's pegged out. It's just, you know, just not very efficient. Right. Um, so... Yeah, I do see some value here. That being said, I went to run my uh, Android Studio emulator, and it won't run on ARM. So mm-hmm. back to the Intel Mac mm-hmm. again. That's interesting. Yeah. you know. Okay, then let's go this path. Here we are. We're here now, so we're going to go down. Because <laughs> I, I have more questions now, right? Yeah. You, you run some pretty intensive things. Mm. Mm-hmm. You're not on an M2 or M2 Ultra, right? That's my question. What... What is the use? You you run pretty intensive things. Again, mm-hmm. what is the use of these the newer machines that they're coming out, the pros that have the M2 Ultra? What's the – it's not engineering. Is it only video, audio produ- production? And, and I had questions about that as well because I have my own, you know, I dipped can... my toe in, in, in the water on a couple of those as well. But I also found that everything runs – 
pretty well there, but I'm also not a professional. So that's the question. Is it only niche case, high professional level enterprise type environment that's going to be using these or what? I, you know, so, so I kind of was talking to Alyssa about it cause she's, she's got an older, older Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I was like, for what you use it for, which is spreadsheets and things, mm-hmm. I was like, you would only have to charge your Mac like maybe twice a week. That's right. Maybe, yeah. you know, yep. initially. So that's the value that I see the efficiency can provide mm-hmm. the everyday consumer. And, you know, for myself is like, what kind of what you'd said. So, so the intensive application I'm running, I would say is on par with video editing and things because we're taking frames of sensor data from a drone and processing it, pre-processing it for the analysis. Um, so it's, it's comparable to that. It's, Are you running like ML flow or ML ops or something on the uh, machine? No, no, no. So, so the intensive part is just uh celery really. So, okay. Um, one of the things that we're doing is in the wild experimenting with the amount of celery workers we can put on like a C6 extra large. And uh, the answer is 96. Okay. <laughs> uh, but then we're paring that down from there because that works on some of the smaller data sets that we're running. But we've got two of the largest data sets that are running out of memory. And I, I suspect the OOM killer is nuking them and yep. locking it up. Um, and so we're kind of dialing that back to like 48 workers and and doing some runs with that but still that's 48 salary workers like i'm i'm just over here like living the dream as far as i'm concerned this is stuff like five years ago i'd been like what if (laughs) (laughs) what if we could run a hundred salary workers and then like i'm talking to the data scientist about it and he's like no yeah really let's let's try yeah you know and you have to work Huh? Divvy up the work. Yeah, exactly. Because because mm-hmm. most of it is stuff that you're running on each frame. Yeah. Sequentially, and so a lot of it you could run in parallel, and that's what we're doing. Parallel, as yes. they say. Right. Yes, exactly. Where so it's like, yeah, don't waste the effort. Yeah, right yeah. We we took stuff that was taking like 15 hours to run and have it down to like less than four hours. I think just by work division. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. So that's that's the intensive part though, because you know now. I'm doing stuff like resizing, masking, and all these things to to frames as they go along in parallel. You know, so I could be running like eight workers on here using up all my cores to do that. Yeah. What other other use cases then for you know the bigger chips, the more more resources available? I think, like so, the move from Intel to ARM means you you get the benefits of what's happened in the mobile ecosystem mm-hmm. with the ARM, independent mm-hmm. of Mac. So there's benefits, and you've seen it in lower power consumption, better performance. Like, there's just a better value with ARM. And Mac has gone through architecture transitions in CPU before, right? Mm-hmm. They used to run on PowerPC. Right. Mm-hmm. They, way back when, I'm sure they ran, I think, like, basic 8086. But then now, you know, they went to Intel for a while, and now they've gone to ARM. Um yeah, I mean, it, it's all dependent on what application you're trying to run, and is it compiled and optimized for ARM? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of them that you're not aware of that run today are running under Rosetta and running under a compatibility. Layer. Right. Yep. And there's a there's an emulation penalty you have to pay for that. Right. Yep. So it just depends, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Like folks like Adobe, yeah, like they compile that for ARM, and you're going to get performance benefits out of it. Right. Or there's going to be specializations for the graphics that are going to come into play. That's not every. That's not everything, though. Like, there's 
there's different applications that won't take advantage of that. They just won't. Mm -hmm. Or there's Docker containers we want to run. They'll run under Rosetta, right? Mm -hmm. Even though you don't want them to, nobody has published an ARM64 <laughs> image of this particular thing for you, and you don't pull it in a smart way that actually pulls an ARM64 image. So you run it under Rosetta, you mm -hmm. suffer a performance penalty, and it's a comparable experience. It's okay, but it is slower. So, yeah. I... Yeah. Uh... I think like philosophically, I, I was really resistant to the ARM movement and, and folks asked me why. And I was like, cause Intel's been around forever. So like, I assume they know what they're doing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, no, I know. I yeah. know. I know. No, I, <laughs> no, I, they I don't. yeah, no, I can think of like three different instances of like, no, 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 no they, they don't. don't. <laughs> um, but, but the ARM architecture makes a lot of sense just from a, I think a computer science point of view of having all the chips like present on the board is is yeah just makes sense and it's kind of interesting to me that you know we we're talking about iphones earlier and stuff that the mobile device is what got us there that that was a necessity to make it smaller right you know and then also it can be more performant potentially too mm -hmm. and smaller mm -hmm. but yeah cody yeah. any opinions not really i don't understand this stuff as well as i should no. I have okay. a really good friend who works uh, in chip creation. Oh. Um, but we haven't really talked that much about it. Um, but yeah, no, it's really, really fascinating low-level stuff. He's got dual PhDs in math and computer science. Oh, my. And basically he proves mathematically mm. that like all the ALU operations our sound yeah uh which is really crazy stuff yeah See a friend that wants to come to the podcast but he may <laughs> he may have worked on the m1 that's mm. pretty i'm cool. not i'm not exactly sure he doesn't work for apple anymore but like yeah the stuff he worked on like wasn't going to release for like a mm. year afterwards so. interesting interesting i'll have to pick his brain about yeah it. pick his yeah. pick his brain here with us on the podcast i'm telling you ask him if he wants to be fun okay i think that'd be fun but I, I guess the the question I'm still, and and maybe you guys answered it, and I just you know I'm a little obtuse, but the question that I'm trying to answer, just from an opinion perspective, is what we have available in this M1 Mac Pro, you're not tapping out, you're not getting fans to turn on what now they're well, releasing. I can though. Okay. You can. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is is it by running things less efficiently? Is that I mean that's what I'm that's what I'm trying uh, to figure no, out. I mean there's just there's CPU intensive applications you could run. Yeah. Like if you ran F D on your entire root file system, mm, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like, like you're just looking for a single file by a name and it matches everything, right? Like yeah. and it prints it all to the console. You could pretty easily Right. Come up with a scenario of stress testing that would yeah, like if back. I if I'm running that pipeline and doing the storage management thing on here, which is doing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I can I like, can get it singing <laughs> right. So then so then the you're doing human management of the processes so that you can marshal that it doesn't overtax the machine. Yeah yeah. But if you had twice the power, you could do less human management around the efficiency 
and maybe be faster? I That's think, what I'm asking. Would think, you even get faster? Like, would your would your skill set being able to take priority, not n- not have to inventory priority and decide I want to do just this because the machine it'll tax the machine too much? Would that even make your development? processes faster potentially that's, okay that that's because like on a more extreme case that's where i can see working with the data science team i am right now of trying out machines with 96 cores and right. stuff right we're that's literally totally doing separate. it to save time yeah. is you know and so okay. like any processing efficiency in the long run is just going to make time more efficient the the idea that like and i they know this because i just don't like I don't ever use anything locally on this computer. Right. I like literally every development I do is mm. on a virtual. That's just your interface. Yeah. This is my yes. This is my thin client to the world. Correct. Like, I right. don't care that this can process fast because I don't. I'm, it's a browser window at this. I'm point. glad you said That's that because that was about. the other question that I mm-hmm. had. Then right is what about all the stuff you do? Like you're literally like teaching guys or working with the OS today yeah. on Lab Day. What, yeah. What's it? Next. Nix. Mm. Yeah. And so does it matter to you that that machine gets faster or not? That that's No. Right? No, and, and and I I like I even look at it differently because like depending on where I am at any given point in time too, like my network bandwidth mm. is so much lower. Like I I don't even want to work here because mm. there's going to be cases where like in a Nix perspective, if I want to go download a new program in source code, that could be a gig. That could be a couple gigs to go download everything and run it if it's not pulled from cache. I'm going to run that in a VPS. I'm not going to run that on my machine because if I did, I'd have to pull it down over your Wi-Fi network. Mm-hmm. I, like the Wi-Fi network might not be, might not have enough pipe to actually handle that much data quickly. Right. So why do that when I can go to Google or I can go to AWS or I can go to Hetzner and I can borrow an instance for my workflow and I can run it full gigabit or 10 gigabit. Right. Like, and I'll be way faster because most of the blockers to speed that I have in my workflow are not CPU related. Network. They're network related. Network latency trumps CPU latency 10 to 100 times, right? Two to three orders of magnitude usually. So I spend more of my time optimizing where my coding resources are sitting so that I can get the fastest ingest of data. Network-wise, because that's usually the slowest process, not the CPU. Okay. CPU is generally equivalent. See, that's what I kind of imagined for our world, which is why I wonder about the release of much faster CPUs. I guess my the the vain imaginations of my mind are that. the Apple machines are the reason for their use in in greater CPU usage and all of this is that it is for engineers, machine learning, data scientists, and then video, audio, mostly video, editing, and streaming services. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm not sure I see the yet benefit. the value of really making them that you know, going to the MK2 Ultra, right? Or or M- MK, is that right? Just yeah, M2 it's Ultra. important to MK2. consider the target and the work you're doing. Yeah. That's always the context. And, that's... And, and the work I do, no. And in fact, I would say, I would argue that 
the work you do in video editing and graphic editing in particular, there's also remote development environments for that mm -hmm. that are also faster, that are going to enable you to lease hardware you're not going to have access to willy-nilly or certainly locally at risk of theft or at risk of, you know, all kinds of right. security issues that come with owning physical hardware that's overprivileged and over-inventoried. Right. So I'm, I'm very much on the side of, like, I don't want to own anything like that. Right. I would it doesn't it's it's a liability like we, yeah. we talked about this we we have mobile developers right we have mm -hmm. people who need to have a good copy of xcode that matches mm -hmm. what they need they need to have a good copy of android studio that matches what they need and that may change from project to project mm -hmm. so when a developer comes and works on one project and he needs this xcode version and he needs another xcode version for another project he gets to spend six hours of his time mm -hmm. reinstalling xcode for his project to switch projects that's an unacceptable penalty. Like, that's not that's not right. But in in mobile development in particular, when you're developing for hardware, that is what you have to do. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no getting around the need for a physical machine. You actually have to have a physical machine. It brought like, us back to the hard. limitations of um, you know. I I remember that's kind of what the internet was was freeing up was like, you know, like. Electron and React Native and all those, like I can make a web app and I can put it anywhere basically, mm -hmm. but then mobile. And now we're back to building things de mobile, for device yeah. again. Native. Yeah. I, oh. I remember we had a really simple project a few years ago um, that we did for a company that rhymes with Shmoka Shmola. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and that's when we were realizing that like, oh crap, we're back here again. Cause we had five different like, devices laid out on those benches out there trying to get the ui experience comparable Consistent. on all of them oh yeah. device testing oh my god yeah, yeah. like yeah. i am so glad we live in a world where the browser platforms are developed well enough that we can target a mobile device without having to write native code mm. and it's only when we need those stretch features of like we need camera access we need yada like we need like the full features of a mobile device and a native app that we can go that far and do that. But like, man, we can do a lot with browsers. Let's try browsers first, please. Right. Because it's better for everybody. Understood. Okay. That's, that answers a lot of my questions. That's why I was, I, I just keep, I, I, and I think it answers the questions and I keep turning it over in my mind that I don't know where that value is of increasing yeah. the chipset, and the the that helps on, a lot. Yeah, the works on my machine philosophy. Yeah, is a liability because of the bus factor, right? Which mm -hmm. is to say that if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, <laughs> and I'm the only person with the source code who can compile it and deploy it to the fleet of devices for our customer, that's a liability. Like right. everybody should be able to deploy that code independent. Of that one developer, and mm -hmm. if and if one single developer is in charge of releases, you also have a security issue too. Mm -hmm. Like, let's say somebody gets a hold of that developer's laptop and is yep. able to put something in there negative, right? So now you got a supply chain risk. So all of it is just bent on the idea of you know everybody should be able to participate in software development. And when you have mobile and native dev, that's not the case. Mm. It's it's a very specific set of requirements and time to make it happen, and that's awful. That should disappear quickly if businesses want to be less at risk. Okay. One other release. I'm just 
jumping tracks again. I think we answered that. I think we talked about it thoroughly. Mm-hmm. One of the releases was the, some of the features on iMessage. And last time we talked on the podcast, we talked a little bit about RTMP. And I was trying to consider a little bit more about some of that and trying to remember what it was that Wirecast used to use, which I think was RTSP, real-time Stream streaming yeah, protocol or yeah. processing, whatever. Yeah. And I just didn't remember what the – I think I said that in the podcast. I don't remember what Wirecast used to use, and, and I assumed – just by looking at them being named the same, that some of the conventions are similar, all these things. In I have not done too much research on this, but WhatsApp and iMessage, oh, what are those other ones? That was the Signal. Those types are, those are just what they, they call OTT, right? Over the top. Mm-hmm. What makes that different than the, is the, like, m- MMS and I mean, do you guys know? I don't know. Have you guys done much of the messaging stuff? I'm curious. I'm just, and also, is there any interest in it or is it all still built on the same old stuff kind of a thing? Thankfully, if we've had a messaging request, and this is yeah. one project that I'm a senior for, and thankfully, if, we have, if we've had a messaging request, we use a consumer plat- uh, mm-hmm. communication platform as a service. So okay. in our case, we use Twilio. Right? Mm-hmm. right. So that makes the process pretty easy. It's generally just an application talking to another application. Okay. or a fleet of servers to do the work for you. So you don't really have to manage those details in your application. Got it. I don't have to become an expert in RTMP to know how mm-hmm. to send, like, mm-hmm. a, or SMS to send a text message, which and is I, good. Mm-hmm. I think that is kind of the answer, though, right? Anyway, right? That yeah. we don't, there's no, no reason. No, you build abstractions. You don't work at that raw level. There's mm-hmm. no reason to be. No. And the time and costs for trying to build that. For what we do. Yes. Now, yeah. there's companies out there that like um, that may be involved in the business of streaming, mm-hmm. and they care about bitrate or they care about a specific quality that they want to transmit or losslessness that they want to have in compressing data, and they want to lower their costs or gain a competitive advantage. They'll dip into the abstraction, break it apart, and mold it for their use. That's generally not us. We start commodity, and we break in as needed. Right. Interesting. All right. I was thinking of this one one more thing that I wanted to. So we, we usually should uh, spend some time talking about what we're going to name the show. I think I said this last time. I couldn't really get a ball, ball rolling for it, and I don't actually ever know hmm. how we're going to do this. I still haven't figured out the one for last time. I'm going to get in here after this and do it myself. But somebody is supposed to say, you know, Friday afternoon deploy does X, Y, Z, right? That's, mm. I think, mm-hmm. the way that this is supposed to go. And so uh, there are two, there's two things. That is one. And number two is this whole thought around what we're going to podcast for next. I can keep coming up with stuff and just sending it to you. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the episode, I think what we should start doing is just ask everybody like, what's, what we talk about next time? And like, just on the fly, what do you guys think we should talk about next time? And then we'll, I'll, you know, put an actual agenda together on it for next time. And we'll be a little bit better that way. I'm not the one influencing everything that you guys have talked about. Like me keep talking about RTMP every time. Because for some reason, it's in my crawl. And I'm like, re- keep on researching about it and being like, I need to know more. And there's no reason I do. 
but it's and, and so I'm gonna stop doing that. What do you think we need to talk about? There is no source code transparency on the Docker images that run in AWS Lambda. Ah. Hmm. If you did not know that, you know that now. If you go look at the Lambda images as compiled by their repository, they are flat tarballs that you have no access to, that you have no access to and you don't know how they're put there. You hmm. do not see the source code for how they build their Lambda images. Okay. Great. Something people don't know. That's just, fun. You you can you can run it on you can run it on AWS's Lambda image, but you literally have no idea how the I'm, Python that's running in there is compiled. I will definitely when we do an episode <laughs> and talk about this, I will definitely come find a a dad joke about source code. I don't know what it's going to be, but I mean, when I say find it, it's if I have to go and ask ChatGPT <laughs> to make one up for me, I will have one. Okay. <laughs> Alan, what about you? What what should we talk about? Oh man, I don't one. know. What should we burritos? Um, oh yes, I'm good with that. I have no problem. We're not really, you know, we're just yeah, gonna have fun with that one. I'm sure. I can't believe it's half your daily vitamins. That's just amazing to me. No, oh, the fiber one. I really have to go look at that now. That's just go check out fiber stunning, one. Man. Yeah, that's nice. stunning. There's a there's a everyone on the podcast is going. Wait, you said what? burritos? Are burritos made of fiber one? What's happening? <laughs> no, right no, no, sorry, yeah, no, you would no think context that a lot there. Of places yeah. you eat a burrito, you would think they're you made would of think, fiber yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a there's a Maker's Mark cereal that I really like, or, oh, okay. or uh, by the what? That's uh, the. Uh, mm. I may be saying it wrong. Members Mark. Thank the... you. Oh, Maker's Mark. Maker's Mark is a whiskey. They don't. Like... That's, that, that's a different cereal <laughs> for a, a different kind of day. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the Members Mark, they have a cereal that is comparable to that. That is like, whew, it's uh, it's very trail mixy. Uh, it's nice. What I like to do with it, because it is a little bit more trail mixing, a little bit more sugar and stuff. I mix it with the fiber one a little bit. Oh, a little bit more in there sometimes. It. Yeah. When I need just a little bit more substance in there. Okay. Got it. Cody. Burrito is kind of an inside <laughs> joke in my family. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. One oh, time, no. my, you know, grandpa, we're, we're it was like a family get together and we were getting ready to go eat lunch. And grandpa was like, I'm not, I'm not hungry. I had uh, Baskin and Robbins. Hmm. We're like, what'd you get at Baskin and Robbins? He's like, a burrito. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm trying to imagine. Ice cream it. place sells burritos, right? Yeah, like that, for real. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and you ruined your lunch for that. So yeah, is that the end of it? There's no, no like, I'm, no. I mean, it's just like a joke now. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, you know, I already had lunch or something. It's like, oh, would you have a burrito? I got, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. now I'm with you. Got it. But what about what are we going to talk about? I have part? no idea. Mm. Okay. He likes to stay flexible. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got it. I think that I will come up with, I don't know. I, I, I have so many questions all the time. One question that I do actually have is I w- would like to dive deeper personally into the local versus mm-hmm. – mm-hmm. um, what do you call I mean, network? Yeah, uh, just how do remote, you, remote, remote development. Thank you. Good yeah. Lord. My brain broke for a yeah. second. Uh, local versus remote development. Mm-hmm. It, because the question of hardware is very interesting oh, to yeah. me. Oh, uh, yeah. But I think, I think that's a good more. one. And yeah. I would like to know, obviously, you have a lot of pros for that. 
I mean, I'm I'm talking over here about stuff we're running on 96 cores. Like, right. I'm, yeah. I'm to a place of necessity where yeah, you exactly. can't run right. some of these data sets locally. Yeah, but yeah, and I mean, I think that is future, right? Um, well, that's what we call cloud native, right? Yeah, like. But then it's why this idea that still you can hardware? Go to the cloud and get there. Oh, but trust me, you should still care about the hardware. I, and I, I so and, that's and exactly. We've got, and we've got Spectre and Meltdown to tell us all about why we should still care about the hardware, right? Yeah. Which is we've got security vulnerabilities in cloud hardware that, mm. if not mitigated, interesting, are absolutely brutal for us in shared cloud environments. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, there's still a there's a long way there. It's there's still a it's still a computer. It's you know. Just yeah, borrowing that's one somebody thing else's. that's like really annoying is like it's in the cloud. It's Amazon hosted. You sort of expect yeah Amazon to be doing mm-hmm. some security, but no, no, it's all on you. Yeah, it's just out there. Hundred percent. There's yep. problems. Okay. There's problems. See, these are this is how we flesh this out. And this is what we're doing next. Uh, not necessarily next. I we will get Alan to bring in a six sided die. We will weight <laughs> things. We will roll. And then we'll figure out what the next there one's going to be. I like it. How about a that? random roll table. That's right. I was putting together the show notes for this the next podcast, which was the last one that we did. And we were talking about D&D, and it reminded me as well about the video game you recommended to me. So I looked it up. Oh, yeah. So I'll be – but there's yeah. a second one as well. Yes. Are you playing the one for, or two? We're playing the first one okay. right now. So we're – yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll She's be in. probably playing that right now. And I'm <laughs> not going to mention it on this podcast. You have mm. to go back to the last one to hear what video game Smart. we're talking about. That's yeah. right. This is beautiful. All right, y'all. Thank you very much. Time. We'll figure out more of this as we uh, move along. We'll figure out how to actually get a title show, and we will we'll figure ask out chat what goes G- into Patreon. GPT. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Let me just feed, feed the it whole... a transcript. Give me a title. Yeah, yeah, yeah here's exactly. A, here's a transcript. Give me <laughs> yeah. a title on this. <laughs> Give me four words that sum this Burritos up. Burritos and water parks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. That's it. Right there. That's, uh, that's it. Uh, yeah, All right, y'all. Cool. See you soon. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Friday Afternoon Deploy, recorded and produced by the team at Lofty in Fayetteville, Arkansas. For show notes from today's show, past episodes, and links to our Patreon and merch store, visit friday.hirelofty.com. If you'd like to reach out to the show, or if you're local to the Northwest Arkansas area and you'd like to be a guest in person on the show, email us at podcast at hirelofty.com. That's podcast at H-I-R-E-L-O-F-T-Y dot com. Yeah.